Vasco. If I could put one clip, audio, video, together for probably how for how Matt was feeling after his win against Jeremy last week, that was my choice. So Matt, that if you're going to listen to anything in this podcast, that's it. Just listen to that and know that we all believed in you. Brent didn't believe in you, but if Jeremy was going to have one loss, like I say he's going to this year. I wanted it to be week one against you. So, Matt, congratulations. Brent, I think that means you need to retire from making any sort of prediction whatsoever. What do you think about hey, that? I won't say I disagree with you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my predictions did not go as planned. But, hey, that was fun. That was fun. That uh, was fun. Because what, what was he, like a 70-point underdog? I can let me look back in the fail book. Well, you look at that. I mean, just to think, Matt had no starting quarterback in his starting lineup: <laughs> Dalvin Cook, <laughs> Tyler Lockett, Travis Kelsey. But the ultimate difference maker was Randall Cobb. <laughs> if yeah. he did not have Randall Cobb, he, was. he would have lost by a few points, not many, but man, that was really fun. You know. uh, Maybe not necessarily for Jeremy, uh, but he was he was actually a really good sport about it, so he can't complain. I mean, he was no for a team that you know a lot of people said twelve and one. I said thirteen and zero. <laughs> I mean, obviously this is this is the beauty of fantasy football, is that you can predict anything you want, and a certain player is going to go off, or a certain player is going to stink. And, I mean, we saw it in this one matchup where multiple players had great games. Tyler Lockett, you know, I don't know. I I didn't expect that from him. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I mean, obviously he's the tight end one. Uh, And Dalvin Cook is, you know, a top three running back in the league. Um, So I guess I can't say I... But with no starting quarterback in a super flex league, that's insane. That, that's ridiculous. It, it, it's it's great. Well, before we before we get too far into it, Bach and Bort Project, episode 22. Week one was last week. It is Thursday afternoon, 3 p.m. Central Daylight Savings Time. I feel like Dan Barrero when I just said that. Um, episode 22, I'm back. Oh, I miss I missed it. I you know uh, we had some guests. I missed the I last missed, two weeks. I missed. I missed hopping on this call with you. And Shout out to Canute two times and Kamish one time. Both episodes were absolutely phenomenal. I downloaded them before I lost service in Wyoming, was able to listen to them both uh, when we were doing dishes and um, and driving to, to different trailheads. So glad to be back. The rest was needed and well received on my end, but Football's back, and uh, we're here to we're here to talk about all things fail league. So, um, before we hop into uh, kind of some some of the bigger talking points, I want to just, or I suppose we can just we can hop in right into like a little week one review. I have the the stats sheet pulled up, so the 
Sultan of Stats will get a little bit of recognition here as well. Um, so based off of last week, I'll just kind of go through victory points. And uh, if the playoffs were to start today, I think that's so stupid to do right now, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, if the playoffs started today, here are the playoff teams. Jonathan, Mark, Chris, Josh, myself, and Brent. Jonathan has three victory points as well as Mark, Chris, Josh, and Peter. Um, the, the teams who won their respective head-to-head matchups and got two victory points were Dan Pastralo, Matt, obviously myself, Josh, Chris, Mark, and Jonathan. Um, the people who did not win their head-to-head matchups but were top seven in scoring were Brent and Canute. And that leaves Ben, Jeremy, Sam, Eli, and uh, Wisconsin Dan with zero victory points. What are our thoughts so far? <laughs> so as you were saying that, you said number six seed, Brent. I was like, I'm not in the playoffs. And I, I remember looking. Don't look now. And I'm like, why is my name highlighted? Like, okay, I had, but I forgot that that sixth seed in the playoffs is the highest non-victory point player and. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, a lot of thanks to Joe Burrow and Jamar are not Chase. Surprising. This looks like who I had making the playoffs, other than Josh. Um, I did not have Josh playing. His team had a phenomenal week. It looks like his trade for Derek Carr is going to pay off. I mean, he's he played. Yeah. Wow. His second half was amazing. Uh, so who, who else did I have? I think I had, oh yeah. I mean, obviously Jeremy is not in. Um, and then I also have, um, oh yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's about it. Switch out Josh and Jeremy and, and that looks about like my playoff prediction. So, um, most of this seems to be fitting. I'm missing i'm seeing three playoff teams have zero victory points through week one and that's jeremy sam and eli right and all of them were they scored the least amount of points besides dan krause all of those teams did eli with 116 sam with 116 and a half and then jeremy with 118.15 yeah and so that was that was shocking to me having um, having Texas Dan above them in scoring and Texas Dan winning his head-to-head matchup. So so Dan starts out with two victory points. Matt, obviously we discussed that, beat Jeremy um, and almost almost by point, I'm looking at it now, by point five points, point five five points, just got edged out by Canute for a third victory point. So that shows how strong of a game that Matt's three players, three and a half players, if you're considering Justin Fields, a half player last week, did for him. Scored him 127 points practically. I mean, I, I we'll get more. We'll I'll get more into it when we get to the to Matt's matchup this week against Josh. But Matt, he's got he's got. I mean, we know this. He's got studs on his team. True, he does, and I think. The thing was, you know, we said that he should sell his players. I mean, it was because we didn't, I mean, this was all before Kamish came on, announced the whole anti-tanking policy. Yep. So if you listen to last episode, you know yep. what we're talking about. Basically, he said, if you don't start starters purposefully, I mean, late scratches, he's not going to be too, too big on it, but... If you're making it completely obvious, you won't have a shot at 215, which, I mean, mm-hmm. how many people really care about 2.15 now? 
I don't know. But quite if quite a few less people than than they would have if it was one. Well, and now one point before you know. now I, I'm. I guess not me personally, but I'm a little bit nervous about entering the toilet bowl if I get if I get pushed out, um, because all it takes is for a few bad weeks, and if you know you have a player on his team that's yeah. struggling. Maybe they're not going to try and, you know, target, you know, your guys. Maybe they're going to sit a little bit towards the end of the year. Um, takes three weeks, and you could be spinning the wheel along with the league loser. Oh, yeah, that – I mean, I I am very – I've always wanted to try Waffle House. I don't think I want to have my first Waffle House experience also be my last if I have – to be subjected to the 24 hour waffle house challenge. I just don't want to like, I'd love to be able to go and have two waffles, some cheesy hash browns and like a side of bacon on a regular Saturday morning rather than, Hey, I'm showing up at 6 PM on a Friday knowing that I'm not getting out unless I eat an absurd amount of waffles, shit my brains out and also have to sit there for like at least 14 more hours. Cause I don't think I could eat more than 10 waffles. There's no way. Yeah. No I, way. I like to so, try and think that I could eat 12, but um, there was a, you know, I followed through a Twitter thread about a guy that talked about it live. Ugh, so I saw and that And I too. think he said he got to like number six. I mean, Waffle House, the Waffle House waffles are not small. I feel like they're super dense. Like they're not Belgian right. waffles. They're like, right. <laughs> they're like, it, it, you're eating concrete. It's like throwing a. It's like when you put on a fleece blanket and you wake up and you're like, "Wow, I'm all or like a like a uh, not a fleece blanket, a weighted right. blanket." Have you ever slept with like a 15 pound weighted <laughs> yes. blanket on you? You wake up and you're like, "Holy, cr- like what is this right now?" Like I'm not even. I don't even remember it be feeling this heavy. I feel like that's the effect that Waffle House waffles would have mm-hmm. on a person once you get past definitely. Like four. Definitely, I don't. I that would be brutal. I think it's hilarious punishment. And I kind of oh my gosh yeah somebody I, gets it because um, like so <laughs> there's not a Waffle House most most of our league mates are from Minneapolis you know Minnesota area um, yeah there's not a Waffle House up there so I'd be interested there there's one down here in Kansas City y'all could come y'all come try it out and I'd come visit you I'd come check you out I'm making the I'm making the drive absolutely <laughs> I'm making the drive. Um, yeah. Anyway, any other thoughts before we get into things? No, I definitely think that this is going to shuffle again. Uh, you know, I think there's teams that could get pushed out here. I do believe Sam is going to get at least two victory points this week, uh, but we'll get into a lot of yep. that stuff. I think it's going to shuffle up again here. Um, but yeah, let's get right into the oh. the weekly... Uh, matchups and we can kind of discuss victory points a little bit more as well but before we do that i just want to breeze through the waiver claims i know we all saw it but i'll just i'll just bounce off what happened and if you have any thoughts you can go ahead and share them um i got cedric wilson wide receiver dallas for 30 dollars. dan krause had a six dollar bid sam had a five dollar bid and you had a two dollar bid i dropped john brown in the process um dan krause also added tight end Farrell brown uh for the houston texans he got him for 15 you also put in 15, but it looks like Dan, due to losing, had waiver priority. 
Um, so you lost out just barely on Farrell Brown. And then uh, Texas Dan as well had a $12 bid. So the Dans and Brent were battling it out for Farrell Brown. And Danny Krause Amendola. ends up getting him for 15 And Amendola. Let's look at that right now. Yeah, so you had... <laughs> I just had a um, small bid on him. So, so Pastralo, um, Texas Dan got Danny Amendola for Houston. Yeah. Houston, having some decent weight. Farrell ads. Brown... Um, I've never heard of that. Well, name see, before. he was the tight end there last year. Who, who um, is he? I think Tyrod kind of targeted him a little bit. Uh, but anyways, I really was going to bid sixteen dollars, thinking somebody could bid fifteen. You know, it's an, it's one of those, you know, it's sure. like one of those aesthetically aesthetically nice looking numbers of fifteen. You know, it's a visible fact. A lot right. of people bid those nice even numbers. I was gonna go at sixteen. And I'm like, fifteen uh, is not an know. even number. Now I'm thinking I should have, because I literally missed out on Cedric Wilson, Farrell Brown, and Danny Amendola, my three waiver wire attempts. So, is Ouch. what it is. Ouch. Um, Ross Dwelly, tight end for San Francisco, goes to Sam. No one else bid any money on him. Sam uh, got him for seven. Dropped Jeff Swaim. I think that's how you or. S- Something like that. Um, tight end for Tennessee. Ben adds Jeremy McNichols, uh, running back for Tennessee. Drop drops Jay Sternberger. I get Josh Gordon. I drop Demir Bird. I get Josh Gordon for five dollars. Spend five dollars on Josh Gordon. I I needed him. I need him on my team. Yeah. And I'm willing to spend five bucks. I need him. Whether it's for the ability to produce fun team names, have cool pictures as my team avatar, uh, that's five bucks is worth it. It's not even a real five dollars, and waivers are worthless because zero dollar bids anyway. So, shit, I'll I'll toss in five bucks. Texas Dan gets Chester Rogers, wide receiver, Tennessee, five bucks. Sam gets Trent Sherfield, um, usurper of Brandon Ayuk's role for five bucks. No one else wanted even to put a uh, waiver bid in there for him um Knute adds kj hill wide receiver los angeles chargers for zero dollars and he also adds braxton barrios wide receiver jets zero dollars any thoughts eh, i mean chester rogers had a good week um but with aj brown and julio jones anthony first i don't i mean i don't foresee him having a week like that every week but uh, no. good ad, good ad for five bucks. I mean, for a team like Dan that for could sure. use a, a flyer like 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 Rogers, great pickup. Absolutely. Trent Sherfield um, is more of a. He's been targeted by Trey Lance a lot, so yeah, could be a smart pickup earlier in the year before Trey Lance is the starting quarterback, and he could out could turn out to be. A pretty decent pickup for five bucks. I mean, Debo has not really played a full healthy season. And I just saw something about how Kyle Shanahan said that if Ayuk wants to play, he's got to prove. I, I don't remember the exact quote, but it sounded like they're kind of like talking down on Ayuk. Like maybe he's not practicing at full potential or, or what. So Sherfield could get a few more snaps. I mean... I think good pickup. Well, and and yeah, and I I agree. I think Sherfield 
uh, for me, is the most interesting pickup out of them because Sam owns Debo. And it's not a matter of if Debo goes down with an injury here this season. It's a matter of when. And if Sherfield, if Sherfield can continue to continue to impress, whether it's in practices or, or whatever the case may be, when Debo goes down, Sam, if he's in a sticky situation when it comes to buys or anything like that, could have a, a fairly decent high upside or like, I don't know, not high upside, but like a fairly decent replacement for Debo when Debo goes down. Um, given that, uh, that Sherfield caught a touchdown last week, granted he only had two receptions. One of them was the touchdown, but for five bucks, like we were saying, I think that's a decent pickup. Um, besides that, I don't have any other thoughts though. No, I mean, Sherfield was the one that caught the 80 yard first pass from Trey Lance. Oh, was it? I didn't know that was him. I didn't know that was him. Okay. So yeah, there might be something there between Lance and, and Sherfield, and when Lance gets the starting nod probably in about six or seven weeks after Jimmy G has a couple lackluster performances, I could see it, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's go right into uh, week two thoughts. We kind of, um, or do we want to break down week one Week one games? Is there anything anything in week one last week that you uh, that you were interested in? I mean, obviously I want to hype up Corey Davis and, and things like that, but... Um, but we don't need to do that if we don't. Uh, if we I don't would have like to. to say, and I don't like saying it because he's on Commission's roster, but Dak is back, and it really does make me happy. Yeah. I don't really care for the Cowboys, but Dak Prescott has taken a lot of heat. I really like him as a quarterback, and he looked really good last week. It was also really good to see yeah, Dak Cooper play well and CD Lamb play well and also to see Ezekiel Elliott struggle. <laughs> Screw Ohio State. Um, but anyways, mm-hmm. I, that was really fun to see for me, talking just straight football, not even fantasy-wise, but um, makes fantasy more fun when the best players are actually playing. Injuries sure. don't just screw with actual NFL teams. It just makes actual fantasy not as much fun. So that's really one of my biggest thoughts that I had from week one. I'm with you. I think a lot of the matchups, obviously we talked about Matt versus Josh, all the other, all the other matchups, like even, even Texas Dan upsetting Eli, it really came down to Cooper cup had a big day. Mike Williams had a big day. That was about, and like Daryl Henderson had a had 70 yards and a touchdown for Dan. Willie Sneed went scoreless. Raheem Mostert got hurt. He had two carries. So Texas Dan beats Eli with having two, including Eric Ebron, three players who score a total of 5.4 points. Um, so I think that even just goes to show how underwhelming Eli's lineup was week one. I'm just going to look through. I'm just going to look through it. T Higgins had four for 58 and a touchdown, 15 points. Chenault had seven receptions. Devonta Smith had a great day, six receptions, 71 yards, touchdown. Robbie Anderson had one catch for a touchdown. Diggs went scoreless. Gesicki didn't even have a catch. Ridley only had five catches. Kamara had a touchdown, less than a hundred all purpose yards. And big Ben only threw for one touchdown. So I don't envision Eli continuing to score in the low, in the low, like, one tens, um, but last week was not an ideal week for Eli to get a to get a start. So, Kamara only having one touchdown in a thirty-eight to three victory is a little surprising. But famous Jameis, 
Jameis can see. So maybe Eli's in for a for a rough ride with Kamara this year. I say that in jest. There's no way. I do like but. I do like Kamara, um, but I think Breeze really targeted the running back a lot more than what Jameis does. Jameis is more of that downfield thrower. I mean, look at who the running backs were in Tampa when he played there, and he still threw for five thousand right. yards to Mike Evans and and. Um, <laughs> Godwin, Godwin, yeah, and their tight end Cameron Braid at the time, yeah. I think. So I mean, he doesn't really target the running backs like what Drew Brees did. That could all change, though. I mean, it's it's a long season. We got we got eighteen weeks. So yeah, uh, switching gears. I'm just gonna look at. I'm looking at Mark's team right now. I think Mark is in for a in for a rough ride when it comes to running backs. Besides Christian McCaffrey. I think this is finally the year that Derrick Henry not falls off, but severely underperforms not only his redraft ADP, but his dynasty expectations for this season. I think people were going into this season saying, okay, this is going to be the last dominant year of, of Derrick Henry. And I was watching, I was watching the game. I was, I was watching it at a sports bar in Whitefish, Montana, and he did not look good. Derrick Henry looked like, yeah, looked like the 300-plus touches every season basically for the last three years has caught up with him. And James Robinson is now in a full RBBC in Jacksonville, courtesy of Urban Meyer. Um, so Mark's going to have to rely heavily on Christian McCaffrey, which is the absolute first running back I'd need to rely on if I had one of them in, on my roster that I could that I would hope for. All right, so let me, let me Mark's, in, Mark's still in great this, shape. On this running back talk. Um, last year, weeks one and two, Henry had a combined 23 points, eight points in week two, 15 in week one. That's when I traded him. Um, and I kind of said, oh, perfect. You know, like I traded him for a pretty decent value. And then he went on to do 27, 18, 40, 14, 18. Um, I don't know. I I think he's got a lot of wear and tear, but they also went up against an Arizona defense that surprised me. Um, their offensive line also sucked. They sacked Tannehill five times. Um, oh, that was only Chris Jones. Did anyone else on the Cardinals get a sack, or was it all Chris Jones? Uh, I don't think uh, that. I don't know. I'm not 100% on that. Chris Jones had okay, five sacks. So Chris Jones might have sacked Tannehill five times. <laughs> but he's also coming from the strong side, you know. If if Chris Jones yeah. is, is taking over a lot of attention from the offensive line, they also have some, you know, Isaiah Simmons. They also drafted another linebacker this year as well. Um, they signed J.J. Watt. signed J.J. Watt, uh, and he's healthy. So I don't know. I also think it was a, a sign of who they were playing. But yeah, I mean, he still could he be still scored 182 points. That's what we have to look at is Tom Brady put up higher numbers, but he usually does that week one. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, he has a great week. Didn't one. score a touchdown and still had 23 points. Yeah, Hopkins <laughs> had 26 <laughs> points against a defense in Tennessee that a lot of people thought was good. I mean, they made it to the playoffs. They rode that. Um, Gronk had an oddly good week. I don't think he's going to do that every week. 
Um, but I mean, then you had, yeah, I mean, he's got Godwin and he's got Damian Harris, who is the running back one, but James White is still there. And then they went out and they got a rookie this year who didn't do much, but Mm -hmm. you know that James White is going to take a lot of the receptions and you see that Harris had 23 carries for a hundred yards, but he only had three targets in the passing game. So James White is taking a lot of that target share from him. Um, so, yeah, James Robinson, I don't know. Was he a one-year wonder? Maybe. But he's Jim, he's Jim Brown. Brown Jr. He looks just like Jim Brown. You, come on. <laughs> I still can't believe that. That's still insane to me. Give the man some, give the man some credit. Urban Meyer's like, yeah, okay, who's right? Jim Brown? Sounds like sounds like he wasn't very good. Um, I don't have any other thoughts on on week one, Jonathan. I mean, besides Jonathan having a having an absolute field day, Chris takes home the win over you. Um, Eli and Sam both underperform. Josh's team looks like it's ready to contend for sure. So I think he he stuck it to us. Um, I wasn't high on his team coming into this year, but week one, Josh looks like he's ready to rumble. And um, um, I think what. Uh, Ben had posted something that five teams outscored their total, like of their highest score last year. Uh, yeah, I can't that's remember right. where, where exactly that. he put that. Um, but yeah, he. Let me look in. I know he posted it in here somewhere. Let me look and see. Um, yeah. yeah, five. If I find it, if I find exactly. it, we'll share it. Or no, I don't it. have it. But yeah, five five teams outscored okay. their highest total from last year, which is really cool um, because I think it was Chris that posted he doubled his points from last year just <laughs> just from week one. Yeah. Uh, obviously, yeah. Chris and Ben were, were tanking last year, uh, but still, that's that's just kind of funny. Yeah. Chris also has more victory points this year already than he did last year. True. Yes, he, he has three right now. He had two all of last year, <laughs> only because he beat Ben week quote beat Ben like week eleven last year or something like that due to a um, a last minute inactive on his starting lineup. But any other thoughts week one? I'd love to chat about week two matchups. Let's move right into it. Okay, cool. First matchup we're going to be looking at is uh, Brent plays Sam. Uh, Brent, what are your thoughts going up against Sam this week? Um, Similar to last week. I mean, obviously, I don't think that lightning is going to strike twice. I don't think, I don't think the Packers are going to play as poorly as they did against the Saints. Detroit, um, they got, okay, they ended up making a comeback towards the end. But the 49ers put up 41 points against the Detroit. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers threw two picks against the Saints. I don't think he's going to do that. Um, but, man, you could tell he was rusty from not practicing this year. Um, Wait, so you're telling me that there aren't a lot of transferable skills from being a Jeopardy host to an NFL quarterback? To your surprise, no, there's not. I know. Wow. I know. Okay. Well, color. Yeah. Color. Right. Color me shocked. Well, and and Sam. So Sam is favored <laughs> to beat me by forty points, 
uh, a lot of what I did last week was was overthink. Honestly, I was like, oh, let's do this, 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 mm. and I pulled some guys out that, you know, some people are like, uh, you know, uh, I should have listened to myself. I had I didn't have Gabe Davis, and I didn't have Van Jefferson in my lineup, and they both outscored like two other people on my on my roster. Um, and then I also put in I put in a lot of like boom players. So like Juwan Johnson who caught two touchdowns last week. Um and then I have Deontay Harris who played really well. Van Jefferson who played well and Gabe Davis who caught a touchdown as well. So I have a lot of boom players in here that last week outscored their projections by quite a bit. So let's just hope that they can do it again this week and you know. Maybe I could knock off Sam. Maybe he could be 0-2. Who knows? I think what um, the recipe for success for Detroit going going against the Packers on Monday night is Dan Campbell is going to give every one of his players 80 ounces of quadruple strength Starbucks coffee. Six before. espresso shots in their 80-ounce coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to eat all the kneecaps. Every single kneecap, bro. <laughs> what's what's more what's more difficult to understand? The video of Jameis eating a W in front of his teammates in in Tampa Bay, or Dan Campbell saying we're gonna eat all the we're gonna like eat the kneecaps or whatever. Eat he the said. kneecap is what's more, more difficult. To what's more difficult to explain? Yeah, I kneecaps? don't understand the kneecap thing. Yeah, it's it's strange. I even if I mean Brent, even if you start the optimal lineup and you have guys like Davis and Harris who like you like you said yourself are are boom players and if even if they boom this week, I think Rodgers is not going to let the Packers go 0 and 2, especially playing the Lions on no. Monday night football. Um so that that's just not going to happen. So I think Sam Sam bounces back, goes 1 and 1. And Tunyon Adams, I, I, all right, bold statement. Tunyon Adams, Tunyon Adams, Rogers, and then you can pick one other player from stamp from Sam's starting lineup right now, and I would not be surprised if those four players outscored your lineup this week. Wow, that's that's a hot take. And like, I would bet Kane. Like on you that. take, because <laughs> I'm gonna throw Matthew Stafford. Like in there's, there then. I mean, yeah, like like okay, Stafford, Rogers, Adams, and Tunyon. I don't think I they mean, score more than a hundred. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, that's a bit much. <laughs> that's a bit much. But. I think just goes to show that the right. Packers are gonna they're gonna show up and they're gonna absolutely run over the Lions, no questions asked. Right. No. Hundred hundred percent. And agree. I think that well well that was that was the recipe for success Sam for Sam last year was hey, the Packers were the best or set like the best NFC team on offense mm-hmm. last year. And he had the three three of the four top top weapons there Tunyon Adams and then obviously Josh has Aaron Jones but he tried those guys out one top score of the week multiple times and was getting at least one victory point basically mm-hmm. every week um, and you didn't see an off day from them last year right. hardly um, you saw one week one but I don't think it I don't think it rolls over into week two yeah so then we got the next matchup 
Uh, I think we can both agree that this is matchup of the week. We have Kamish going up against Jeremy, which, according to Sleeper, is a .03 difference in favor of Kamish. Uh, so right now it's a 50-50 split on who's going to win. Um, oh, this is close. This is really close. It is It is close. Um, even just I'm scrolling through who the starters, who the starters projections. Wow. Who the starters have as projections. Um, here's here's why I have Jeremy winning this slightly. And here's why um, I don't see any difficult defense for Jeremy's roster besides. Matt Ryan playing at Tampa Bay and potentially Josh Allen playing at Miami. Other than that, you have Nick Chubb versus at home versus Houston. Houston's an awful team. Justin Jefferson at Arizona. Vikings are going to be behind. I think they're going to be passing a lot. Justin Jefferson's a fairly safe play this week, I think. George Kittle going up against Philadelphia. They looked great against the Falcons, but it's the Falcons and they're bad. Deontay Johnson at home versus Las Vegas. Austin Eckler at home versus Dallas. Christian Kirk at home versus Minnesota. Minnesota got tore up last week by the Bengals. I don't see any any changes in the Vikings defense that's going to make them all of a sudden be able to stop the pass. And then Chase Claypool again, home versus Las Vegas. Versus Jonathan's team, uh, Robert Woods is at Indiana, uh, or, at, or at the Colts, rather. Um, the Colts have a sneaky good defense. Granted, they got tore up by the, by the Seahawks last week. Um, DJ Moore is going to draw number one uh, coverage with um, uh, Lattimore, although Lattimore is hurt, so I don't know if he's actually going to be good to go on Sunday. Joe Mixon is going up against Chicago. They have a they have a great front seven. Um, Devin is it Devin Knox or Dustin Dawson Dawson Knox? Some no name at tight end for Jonathan is going up against Miami, who have who has a great defense. <laughs> Some no name, um, and then Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor going up against the Rams, who have a arguably the number one defense in the NFL. So, I it, it's I, just because of those potential difficulties that Jonathan's lineup has versus Jeremy's. I'm going to take Jeremy just ever so slightly. Although I think if Dak and CD can have a week like they did last week, they could they could definitely give Jonathan the advantage. Even just having that quarterback. Um, wide receiver All stack. Right, so I'm going to go a little bit against you here because I think that commission is going to win and <clears throat> basically negating some of the stuff that you just went over. So Jonathan Taylor going up against the Rams. I kind of look at what Montgomery for the Bears just did against the Rams. I mean, he put up almost 20 points. Um, I think that they have a good defense, but I think... Jonathan Taylor, with his ability to catch the ball and run the ball, I think he could honestly outperform his projection of 14.9. Um, C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott going up against the Chargers. Um, I love Herbert. I think that they have a pretty decent team. They have um, Joey Bosa on the defensive line, but I just I don't think that they're going to be able to slow down the offense of Dallas. Dawson Knox is he's a reliable tight end. I don't think he's gonna put up magnificent numbers by any means, especially because, you know, 
they're going up against Miami, number one, who has a pretty good defense. But then also he's like number four on receptions, number f- five even maybe. Um, but Joe Mixon, who had a really good game against Minnesota, um, I think he does, you know, he might struggle a little bit. But even look at what Daryl Henderson did against Chicago on on Sunday night. He had a pretty good game. And yeah. with the other weapons that... 70 yards right, and a touchdown. With the other weapons that Chicago is going to have to worry about, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think they're going to be able to slow every single facet of the game down for, for Cincinnati. Uh, you skipped over Adam Thielen. Uh, I don't think I would want to play anyone for Minnesota offense against this team. I don't know if Kirk Cousins even going to be able to throw the ball no. with Chandler Jones taking him down every other play. Um, yeah, DJ Moore, look at what the Saints did to – I mean, without oh, bashing God. Aaron Rodgers, I mean – they went 13 and 3 for a reason last year. And to right. see what they did to him, I don't think I don't think that Sam Darnold and DJ Moore are better than Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Uh Robert Woods is going nope. to have a great week and Russell Russell Wilson is going to absolutely torch the Tennessee defense. Probably. You're probably right. It's it's gonna be close yeah. either way. I'm super excited. Do any of these players have Monday night players? Um, from what I can see, no. I think this game's gonna get settled on on Sunday, and it will be settled before Sunday night football. At dang yeah, so that's gonna be a great just right off the bat on yep. Sunday, basically full go for yep. both teams. A couple of afternoon plays, but. Yeah, that's going to be an exciting game. So, hey, even you even get an extra day to trash talk, whether it's Jonathan or Jeremy who gets the mm-hmm. dub. So that'll be a, that'll be an exciting matchup for sure and definitely the one to watch out of all yeah. these ones. Yeah, and I mean, I think um, I'm going to kind of transition into the next one. I think that this one gets the you know the game of the week just slightly over Ben and Dan. I mean, theirs is going to be really close and could be really fun to watch too, especially for yeah. – two teams that are you know the reason that it's not is because they're both teams that are likely going to be at the closer to the bottom half uh but it looks like whoa hold on hold on i didn't see this zach wilson and mac jones are off of texas yeah i was actually just going to go into that after texas dan won last week i think he's in full like (laughs) let's just see what we can do i mean let's see what happens i mean he's even got him in in favor over carson wentz um yeah i know wow okay I know. that's exciting stuff <laughs> another team that's trying to see what yep. they got hey i love let the that. dogs out see what they can do i mean hey oh. if it could throw you into a, let the dogs eat. <laughs> <laughs> um i mean if it could make you into the play a low-end playoff team i mean who knows i mean dude who knows man this is yeah it's it was super i didn't notice that until yeah i know i opened it up wow. just the other day and i was like oh he moved just about everyone off of his taxi because all of a sudden he started dropping players. And I was like, oh, he's finally dropping the players that retired. Oh, yeah, and that makes sense. <laughs> are hurt. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what's he doing? I, I clicked on it and he had him in his starting lineup. I was like, okay, okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's yeah, see what exactly. happens. Exactly. I mean, Ben's got some good good guys on his team too. Uh, Zach Pascal, I think, was the the guy that nobody expected him to be like one of the top guys but 
he took a lot of targets from Carson Wentz. Um, well, and it's inter- it's interesting because there's all this talk of okay, Ty is old, like he or is older. He's he's not nearly as productive as he has been. But it's Michael yep. Pittman's team and people and like Paris Campbell's coming back too. They got a, another young target coming back from injury. People forget that Zach Pascal is not fantasy, not a great fantasy wide receiver, but he's a good NFL wide mm-hmm. receiver. And he's so he's going to be that awkward like Indianapolis. I think this year is going to be outside of Jonathan Taylor and potentially it depending on what kind of PPR league you would be in. Like obviously we're a half point PPR for running backs, full point for wide receivers, one and a half for tight ends. But outside of Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor, I don't love starting any other Colts. I mean, obviously you could start Carson Wentz like Texas Dan did last week. But, like, Michael Pittman is not the bona fide number one there in Indianapolis. You have Zach Paschal. You have Paris Campbell. I don't think they're going to be a high-volume passing team because the offense is going to run through JT. So it's going to be weird to see how not only Jeremy rides this, okay, Judy is out for, like, at least six to eight weeks with the high ankle sprain. Do I start Pittman? But then also, like we were talking about, you have Ben, who has Zach Paschal. And it's like, okay, is Paschal a viable flex for Ben? Absolutely he is. Um, because he's, like you said last week, he's going to get a handful of targets each each week. Um, and if you're, if you're a trustworthy target for a quarterback, you're going to get the ball thrown to you. So that'll be a fun matchup or matchup within the Colts for me to watch moving on this year is, okay, what's Paris Campbell's role? What's Pascal's role? What's Pittman's role? If T.Y. comes back this year, where does he plug into the plug into all this on what I'm anticipating to be a run heavy offense in Indianapolis? 100% agree. So, but Ben, great start last week with Pascal. Um, I'd keep him in your lineup. Uh, I I think he's a he's a sneaky play, um, probably a lower floor, lower ceiling guy, but he's not going to go out you go out there and score zero. I don't I don't see that happening. Unlike IU mm-hmm. last week, granted, I don't even know if Ben started IU last week. I don't think he did. Maybe he did. I'm not sure. But in this one, I don't know it. <laughs> I'm gonna take Ben just because I like. I like. Gibson, I like Landry, and I like Hawkinson. Um, I think there are more, like those three have a have an established role on their team. Hawkinson's the target number one in Detroit as a tight end. Landry with OBJ out is definitely wide receiver one in Cleveland. Uh, and then Gibson last week, um, like had the majority of the touches last week. Uh, for the Washington football team out of the backfield, he had 20 carries, another five targets through the air. Um, so just based off of those, I think I like Ben's options. And then having Swift as well uh, on Monday night. It's always fun having a Monday night player. Um, now that I'm looking at it, it'll be a matchup of the Detroit backfield on Monday night. Texas Dan has got Jamal Williams. Who plays for Green Bay? has got DeAndre Swift. So it, it, Jamal Williams is on... No. Oh no, he is in no, Detroit. No, he's not. Now, he's, isn't on, he? he's on Detroit. So so that'll be interesting on Monday night if it's at all close seeing how the breakdown of running back touches goes in Detroit against uh against yeah, the Packers. I think, so it's a matchup to matchup yeah, to watch. Yeah, cuz I think sure. that this last week Swift and Williams had about the same number of points, but I think Swift was more of the pass catcher from what I remember looking. It was either one of them had more receptions, one of them had more rushes. Um, 
so this so this is weird. let me I'll just read it off to you and then you can mm-hmm. continue. Swift had 20.4 points. He had 11 attempts, 39 yards, no touchdowns, but he had eight receptions, 65 yards yes. and a touchdown. So that's how Swift that's how Swift was. Williams had nine attempts for 54 yards and a touchdown on the ground, eight receptions, 56 yards, no touchdowns in the air, scored 21 right. points. So Jamal outscored DeAndre by 0.6 points last week. So that'll be a very, very interesting matchup if the game is at all close going into Monday night for Ben and Yeah, Texas. well, and I think, too, that Swift was on some type of, like, play count because they said that before the game. Okay. He was just coming off an injury. So if he's fully healthy, I can foresee Swift taking more more away. But for the, I have Ben winning this as well. I just don't necessarily like the matchups for Dan's players. Um, so I think Ben wins, but I, I do also agree. I think it is really close. Yeah, I think Zach Wilson could put up single-digit points because he's going up against New England. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even to a to a and Bill Bill Belichick is not gonna Bill Belichick is not gonna let a rookie quarterback beat. No, him. I don't think he's gonna beat him, but I think I think he could still put up decent numbers. I mean, they beat um, Miami. Did Miami beat New England? I mean, Tua had Tua had some really decent numbers i mean what do you have 18 points or something like that so yeah i think zach yeah. i think his projection is his ceiling yeah for sure he's not gonna oh he's not gonna play play better than his projections no. i don't think but um moving on we have eli versus eli wisconsin dan oh i have i have eli <laughs> eli's gonna win <laughs> she, she, let's say let's say it on three one two eli. three eli there we go <laughs> Chris versus Mark. Um, Mark is still the team to beat. I mean, like you said earlier, Christian McCaffrey didn't score a touchdown last week and still had 24 points, which is insanity. I, I, I mean, yeah, there's nothing more you can say about it. As far as Chris is concerned, I know you're supposed to like the saying is start your studs, like let them let them go for it, and and if they if they if they underwhelm, like you at least gave them the opportunity to play. But I'm iffy on McLaurin tonight. Like I, I just am. Heineke is, um, is obviously not doesn't have the arm talent that Fitzpatrick had, uh, or has rather. Um, but so it's it's this weird line for Chris probably. Okay, McLaurin first week. It's a short week. The Giants don't have a ton of didn't have a ton of time to prep for Heineke. They were probably prepping for Fitz last week, even prior to week one. Um, but if McLaurin stays in Chris's lineup, that's probably what I would do in Chris's situation. Um, so I think I think I got to go Mark on this matchup. I think if this is also up there for potential for matchup of the week. Lamar's a high ceiling quarterback. He could go absolutely bonkers. Um, AJ Brown could have a great game. I mean, who knows? It, this is this is definitely a potential for week like matchup of the week, but also potential playoff matchup as well, depending on seeding in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, and another, you know, you brought up McLaurin, but I'm going to bring up Clyde Edwards, Alaire. last week. I don't think he even, I don't think he got stinker. So stinker. (laughs) He was bad Um, last week. I mean, but that's, that was also against a really good Cleveland defensive line. They have miles Garrett. They have Jadavian Clowney and 
I mean, they took the Chiefs down to the wire in the playoffs last year. This is not a bad team or a bad defense. Um, now they're going up against Baltimore, who has always really had a good running defense. Um, I don't think he's... I See, now I'm not going to go make a bold take. Um, Do it. Come on, Brent. The people need it. They need a bold take. I almost gave one earlier. You got to they're, they're they've been they've been on the edge of their seats for 30 minutes now waiting for a bold take. Give it to the Chris people. overpaid by two firsts. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will not top 1000 rushing yards this year. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's not happening. If he's going to get if he's going to get close to the 1000 1000 yards, it's I'd rather I I'd, I'd even put that Clyde would get Clyde will probably get more receiving yards this year than 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 rushing yards. Do you think, think he's an RB two? Yeah, he's an RB two. Yeah, top top twenty eight. Yeah, I think so. High or low end? Low end okay. RB two. Until he proves it, he only had he had what? What was he last year? RB what? I don't know. I mean, I know he was like I think he had like the best. Uh, rookie of all the rookies, I think he had the best season. But um, so he was RB. He was RB twenty two last year. Yeah. <laughs> he had eight hundred and three rushing yards, two hundred ninety seven receiving yards. Ugh, that's a bad take on my <laughs> end. But, hey, they happen. But no, I think so. It's it's weird because when Chris trade when Chris traded for Ceh. In the in the off season, rather, I thought that was an automatic like home run of a win for Chris because he traded one first and three seconds to Eli and got the starting running back on the highest powered offense in NFL history. And I'm thinking, okay, absolutely, I'd pay a single first and like some seconds for it. But it turns out those seconds turned into, and thank you, Eli, for chiming in. I, I put this in the, uh, I put this in, in pigskin right before we, right before we hopped on. That's those seconds. He had two this year, and I think one in 2024, maybe. He got Devonta Smith, and Rondale Moore out of it. So wow. far, that's what he was able to turn it into. So. Would I take Devonta Smith and Rondale Moore right now for Dynasty over CEH? Regardless of what that other second-round pick turns into, would you take those two players or CEH? Um, well, right now, uh, that's right tough because my squad needs running back help. Um, but I'm looking, I'm looking at, at vacuum, the perspective regardless of, of context. What, what Eli, when he made this trade, Eli had Antonio Gibson and Josh Jacobs. Total sense. Makes total uh-uh. sense. Oh, wait, yeah, and, did he? But then he traded both of them for Kamara. No, so he made this trade after he traded away Gibson and But even Jacobs. still, okay, looking at it, he had Kamara and Cam Akers. He had Kamara and Akers. Yep, true. So I think that was a no-brainer for him. Uh, I mean, even looking at who else would have been there, even if that draft pick would have ended up being later, he could he would have had waddle and rondale more and i would still probably take that right 
you you take you're taking Devonta and and more over in C. our Trino? specific league. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so hard because I want to believe that Clyde can really become something in Kansas City. And okay, it's been what he only played thirteen mm-hmm. games last year. He just finished his fourteenth game, what last week. So it's like okay, uh, this is not a sound the alarm. Clyde Edwards Lair is no. a bust. He was drafted in the late first round. Yada. No, it's it's simply I think all of fantasy got way too excited about. Oh my God, they just had wet dreams night after night after night about. CEH and Andy Reid's offense and Kareem Patrick Mahomes Hunt-esque. and all of this stuff. Yeah, they were thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to be Kareem Hunt again. Like, but instead of Alex Smith, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let, let like, pump the brakes. And I think this is simply like reality setting in, saying, hey, it's gonna. T- it, it might take a while. We we know we're used to rookie running backs and like second year running backs coming in and making a stamp on the league, a la Antonio Gibson, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, things like that. But that's not to say that second half of this year, Clyde really finds his groove. He's getting integrated into the passing game. But right now, it's looking tough. Like he put up eight points mm-hmm. this week. But granted, like you said, it was against it was against Cleveland. But they're going up against Baltimore. They're going up against Baltimore Sunday night. It's like, okay. Granted, they're going to key in. Baltimore is on Tyreek and Kelsey as much as they can. So it's up to Clyde. Hey, can you, if you're running a route, can you beat a mm-hmm. linebacker? Can you can you run with six guys in the box, not seven and eight guys in the box? Like, are you able to make it happen on limited touches? Because they're not going to give him 20 No, they're going to they're gonna throw the ball. It's just not going to happen. I mean, they have Patrick Mahomes and they for give sure. him $500 million for a reason. <laughs> They're going to put the ball in Patrick's hands as often yeah, 100%. as they can. So that's an interesting play. But again, Chris doesn't have really any other option at running back. I mean, I'm looking on all of his flexes are our wide receivers, McLaurin, Waddle, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, Cooper. He's got tight. His running backs on his bench are Ty Johnson, Travis Homer, Matt Breida. He's got Tyson Williams. And Tyson Williams. Oh, and he's got Javante on his bench. But even Javante, he's in a RBBC until Melvin drops off or until they really commit to the youth game. And Melvin, Melvin looks so good. So it's he did. He had 101 last year or last week, rather. So there's there are some question marks for Chris's roster, and I think those question marks really lend lend themselves to Mark having the advantage in this week's matchup. So uh, those kind of question marks are what are why I have Mark um, Mark beating Chris, but. Again, could be a super close game. Yeah, I think Mark's going to win this one too. Uh, we we went over you know basically everything uh, that I could think of. I think he wins really close, um, probably within ten points. Yeah, I'd say that could even be within five. Honestly, yeah, it'll it'll be a close game. I think. But having three Buccaneers for Mark going against Atlanta, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, hard to, hard to argue against Tom Brady in general, but especially when you're going up against maybe the worst team in the NFC. Correct. I would take I would take the Bucks, and I would, yeah, Gronk's gonna have a day. Hopkins is gonna have a day against Minnesota. Who could who's gonna guard Nuke? Patrick nobody. Peterson, but nobody. N- Nobody in the league can no. guard Nuke, and the Vikings have one of the worst secondaries in the entire NFL. Nuke is going to absolutely—he's going to nuke us. Week. 
Yeah. Truly. Yeah. No, no, no other way to say it. Mark wins. Um, although I think it will be close. Definitely. But switching gears, um, for the next matchup, we have Peter versus Canute. Um, again, Canute obviously is, how did he put it? Pete, what's he doing? I think, I think he said it was strategic roster yes. restructuring. Maybe please, please correct me on that. I think, I'm no, right. that, that sounds right. Strategic, strategic <laughs> roster restructuring. Um, Knut's going to go. Oh, and two Pete, I think there's a lot of player or a lot of teams that you could play this week and still win as well. Um, but regardless, you're going to take it home. Um, pretty easily. Yeah, I I just want to fast I just want to fast forward to like week five where I don't have to worry about Saquon's mm-hmm. workload, um, like that. I just want to get there because right now it's not very fun having to start Najee in his second career NFL game and Saquon coming off an ACL and a short week up against a very 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 good Washington. You could, you could probably defense. honestly start Saquon, have him score zero points, and still win this week. Yeah, and and that's and that's honestly what I'm planning on doing is having I'm really myself penciling Saquon in for five yeah. points, like <laughs> like that. That's that's really it. He'll have maybe a catch or two. He'll rush for another twenty five yards, and and it'll be an ugly game. But I think I have enough talent everywhere else to to be able to beat Canute, especially at quarterback. Having Baker go up against Houston. And Patrick Mahomes seems like he has the Baltimore Ravens number. Um, I feel pretty good about this week. Um, Josh versus We saved the best for last. On it? Anything is possible. We did. We did. (laughs) Anything's possible. (laughs) Honestly? Okay. Like, I'm not joking. Matt isn't that many pieces away from putting together a team that could actually compete for a final playoff spot. Like, legitimately. Legitimately, he he's not that far away because Fields is going to start this year. Yeah, like Fields will be will be the starter for the Chicago Bears at some point in this season, and he will not relinquish the job back to Andy Dalton once that happens. So you have Justin Fields at some point this year. You have Dalvin Cook, top five running back, pretty much pretty much written in stone. For this year, at least. Travis Kelsey, top, 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 best fantasy tight end of all time. Tyler Lockett had two touchdowns last week. Granted, he's he's a fairly big boomer bust player, depending on how the offensive game script will go in Seattle, depending on the game. But those those three, and then you put in fields at some point this year, I mean, th- that's cream of the crop when you, t- when you look at those three guys. Really. Lockett's a little bit more of an of a wide receiver too, but bona fide running back one, tight end one, fringe wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two in Lockett. Um, so it's it's weird. We've been saying all oh, offseason, oh, Matt's gotta blow it up. He's gotta sell his pieces. But when you look at it, Matt's not that many away, like secondary, complementary pieces away from potentially being able to make a playoff, playoff, a rush, uh, run for the for the final playoff spot but with that being said i uh i have josh this week i don't think matt pulls it off two weeks in a row well yeah and you know kind of like i had mentioned a little bit at the beginning of this podcast like when we were saying that matt should blow it up was before 
the whole anti-tanking measures were put into place. Um, right. I don't think Matt puts that lineup out there unless Kamish does that, you know. No, he probably um, doesn't. He probably doesn't. You're right. And so the reason we were saying that he needs to sell is because Kelsey's 32. I'll um, double check. Dalvin is in the first year of his new contract. And if the past tells us anything, running backs going into their second contract haven't been working. I mean, you look at the running back God in Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott, what they were doing. Yeah. And then they both got massive deals. And, you know, obviously I think Elliott got more money guaranteed in his deal. Um, and so he has not been cut, but I think he's also been playing better than what Gurley. Yeah. He definitely had a better year last year than Gurley. For sure. Um, for sure. Gurley hardly played mm-hmm. last yeah, year. Yeah. And he played for the Falcons. Um, it was still a surprise cut for me, but I mean, they just were not, I mean, they don't produce even Elliot's not producing like what he did a few years ago. And so no, no. if the past tells us anything, how many more years does Dalvin have on him? I mean, the Vikings use him like crazy. I mean, last year we, we gave right. him the ball all the time, but you can say that about a lot of, a lot of running backs. I mean, Derek Henry takes a pounding. He ran for 2000 yards. Some people are just, built yeah, more different 320 yeah and I, mean, I mean look at adrian peterson now i'm not i'm not comparing yeah. but i'm saying other running backs can do it i just it makes me nervous as they start getting into year four and five like what are they gonna do so in my opinion that's why i well, sold and, him and now full disclosure i was trying to trade a hefty amount to get dalvin and so I probably still would because I was going to be, I was hoping to be a contender at the time. Obviously it did not work. Um, and my team share it with, share it with the group. What were your offers? Um, so I think I offered or like pick, pick value wise. What were you? Offering? Yeah, I had a 20, my, we'll put oh, I don't have way. a first this coming year. Um, so I offered him my 22 second this year. I offered him my 23 first and Sam's 23 first and my 24 first. So three firsts, a second. And I think um, that was really it. I did offer him okay. Khalil Herbert, so three who was a rookie firsts. for the Bears. Okay. Sure. Um, so three three plus first for Dalvin. I mean, that's that's about... I'd say Dalvin's probably worth a little bit more than that, just even for this season, depending on the team. Like I could potentially see Jeremy if Jeremy has four ideas. firsts that he's that he's told me are burning a hole in his pocket. Um, I could see a four a four first rounders for Dalvin trade being being discussed. If it hasn't already, I wouldn't be surprised if it Matt has. probably goes to them. But for sure, Matt's like, who's Jeremy? <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, but well, okay. You brought up Todd Gurley and Derrick Henry. Who's older? 
Todd Gurley or Derrick Henry? I think is Derrick Henry older? Todd Gurley is 27. He just turned 27 in August. August 3rd. Derrick Henry turns 28 in January. Right. So Derrick Henry's older by six months, six or seven months than Todd Gurley. But Todd Gurley was essentially, for all intents and purposes, out of the league last year as well. And Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 mm-hmm. yards. So I think it goes to show, like, okay, you don't want to put stock in, like, oh, my gosh, like, body type and, and injury history in college and stuff like that. But, I mean, if you look at Todd Gurley, Torrey's ACL in, in, when, while he was in Georgia was still a top 20 and, and like, first-round pick in the NFL 2015, but had three phenomenal years in Los St. Louis and Los Angeles. And then 2020, he's like a shell of his former self. He was winning. He brought the, he basically by himself brought the Rams to the Super Bowl. Yep. Won Ben, his fantasy championship. And then all of a sudden the year after that, there were rumors of, Oh, he's got like arthritis in his knees or like whatever the case may be. And the year after that, he's done. So it's just it's crazy to think of like that Dalvin Cook couldn't couldn't be or would potentially be a irrelevant fantasy running back in three years. But it is most certainly a possibility. But it's so hard to imagine that because you look at him right now and it's like he's so much better than any of the defenders he's going up against. But all of a sudden it could be it could be one one game, one one season where all of a sudden it just can't put it together and you can't you can't pick up the pieces but right now he's still absolutely valuable he helped Matt win last week but I don't think he's able to do it again this week um Josh has got too many good players Matt goes one and one in my opinion any other thoughts before we get into fire and ice um Matt if you're still listening or if you've listened to any of this you should swap out Hunter Renfro (laughs) Renfro and Randall Cobb Give you a better chance. Start Renfro, bench yep. Cobb. Probably. Yeah, I, I would do that. Um, that's all the matchups we have. We didn't miss anything, did we? I don't think so. I think we're uh, we're right okay. on track here to go to we're our hot f- and cold for the week. Hot and cold, poop and fire, whatever you want to call it. Uh, my fire pick this week, Devontae Adams. Um, that's really all that needs to be said. <laughs> going up against Detroit. Didn't score a touchdown last. Going up against Detroit. I know Detroit drafted a pretty high-end rookie corner cornerback last year. I don't know if he's taken a neck taking the next step throughout the offseason. I don't know uh, much about the Detroit Lions secondary, but I do know they play for the Lions, so they can't be that good. At that's and that's only one part of the equation. Last week, Packers got embarrassed by the Saints. They're going to have something to prove this week. It's only week two, but they're going to have something to prove. Devontae Adams is my fire pick this week. I like it. Um, I think Devontae Adams goes. I'd set the line for one and a half touchdowns for Devontae Adams. Oh, yeah. And I'd go. I'd take the I'd over. take the over. I think Devontae scores twice yeah. this week. No, I think that's a great pick. Um, I originally had Arizona wide receivers in here. <laughs> <laughs> but you realize it's really only DeAndre Hopkins. I, but see, I want to say DeAndre Hopkins. I because th- I mean, obviously he's DeAndre Hopkins. 
But I think Christian Kirk is also yeah. going to have a great week. It's funny because Brent and I both know a diehard Cardinals fan. I don't know if diehard. He's a pretty bandwagony kind of guy. He's probably listening. Um, no, he's not. He probably he, he, he might be. No, he's not. Um, and he hates Christian Kirk for some reason, and Andy Isabella, who are both rostered <laughs> on the Arizona Cardinals. Um, but you think Kirk could be a sneaky play this week outside well, of Hopkins? Uh, he had a really good week last week already. And I think he solidified himself as wide receiver too in Arizona. Um, and I kind of was watching or not watching. I, I saw an article about um, pairing up college players together and how this might be the future of the NFL, how Bengals got Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow together. Um, and they went off to list, gosh, I can't even remember who they all were, but for some reason, um, Kyler Murray and Christian Kirk played together at Texas A&M before Kirk went to the NFL um, and Murray eventually transferred to Oklahoma. Um, and so, yeah, they, they, they kind of played together in a way, but uh, Christian Kirk has also had some injuries, I think, over the last couple of years. Um, I think, I, and against our, our secondary, I think – DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a great week, but I think a lot of people, a lot of our defense is going to key in on him, which I think is going to open up a lot more for Christian Kirk this week as well. So honestly, both of them could be my, my fire hot pick for the week. I like it. Not as a Vikings fan, but as everything else in me likes that, uh, likes that fire pick. Um, my poop emoji or my cold emoji, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little, a little off the, off the beaten path. Um, I'm gonna go Antonio Gibson tonight, running back for the Washington Football Team against the New York Football Giants. And my reasoning why is I think the Giants, knowing that Heineke is their starter uh, at quarterback, is going to absolutely, pr- like, absolutely dedicate themselves to stopping the run. Um, so I think they're going to. They're going to key in on Gibson. They're going to load the box. They're going to make Heineke beat them through the air. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Giants had a sneaky, decent defense last year. Um, whether it was against the run or the pass, I'm not sure. But I think they're really. Uh, they're, I think they're gonna. They're gonna want to key in on Gibson, and I think they're gonna try to try to limit the the amount of um, of explosion that comes out of the Washington backfield. And by Washington backfield, I mean Antonio Gibson because there's really nobody else there. And yes, I do own J.D. McKissick. So I'm, I'm going Antonio Gibson as a fire just because I think people are expecting, oh, the Giants are a bad football team. Gibson's the, the one of the best offensive weapons that Washington has. He's then, obviously, it, ipso, or ipso facto, then he's going to have a great night. I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. I'm going to go Gibson as my cold pick for the week. All right. I was going to say something when you started bringing up Terry McLaurin and Taylor Heineke. You've been crapping on Taylor Heineke, but I think that this team is better with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. Whoa. Um, Whoa. I do. I really do. Um, okay. I think he he's going to surprise some people tonight. I think Washington football team is going to win tonight. Um, I do too. If, you know, 
we, we both kind of laughed when we read the report about how they wanted to use Antonio Gibson in the same sense of Christian McCaffrey. Um, I think we can both agree that Antonio Gibson is a great running back, but he is not, he is not Christian McCaffrey. Um, no. Nope. But I He's think not. he is that utility running back. And I think Taylor Heineke in the playoffs against Tom Brady and that Bucks defense threw for 200 yards, rushed for 76. Um, I think that Taylor Heineke has a great night. Now I know you picked Antonio Gibson, but I don't think Antonio Gibson should be on there. That's kind of what I'm getting at. I think Taylor Heineke is going sure. to assist him in not being an ice cold crap pick for the week. Um, I do, however, believe that Kirk Cousins is going to suck this week. Originally, Pete and I were scheduled to, we were going to go down to Arizona. We had some flight vouchers. We were going to fly down and go watch the Arizona Cardinals game. Um, I'm glad we're not now because this would, this would not be a fun Same. game to go sit with our friend who's a Cardinals fan because he's also one of those that is going to throw everything in your face. I might turn my phone off because I know he's probably going to text us and snap us. Um, I'm not For looking sure. forward to this week as a Vikings fan or as being a friend with mm. our friend. <laughs> no, I'm not a friend this week. <laughs> not with him. With anyone else, sure, I'll be your friend. Not not with, uh, not with okay, this Okay, so I'm going to say... Yeah, Kirk Kirk Cousins gonna he's, be a stinker. He's gonna he's gonna get sacked week. at least three times. I think he. Are we gonna hear? Are we gonna hear Mond chants at the stadium <laughs> in Arizona? Probably not. And I really, I don't think Mond <laughs> is active. I think we're uh, Sean Mannion. No, he's not. I'm just. I'm, I'm, yeah, Mannion. <laughs> I suppose that would work. Yeah, yeah that would but work. no. I mean, Vikings are gonna struggle. I mean, Kirk Cousins for some reason always. When we say he's going to suck, then he decides to play somewhat decent. I, he makes no sense to me. When we need him the most, he sucks. And when we don't really care, he plays well. Like last year when we started 0-5, we're like, oh, sweet. Let's just tank for one of these top quarterbacks. And Kirk's like, oh, crap, <laughs> I can't lose my job. Let's win five games. Let's get us to five and five, right. baby. Um, but yeah, no, Kirk. Kirk's gonna suck. Our offensive line sucks. Our defense is gonna suck. It's. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna watch this week. Don't say that. Yes, you will. You yeah, totally. Yeah, I'll probably will. just have a lot of beer with me. There we go. Uh, any other thoughts? I think that pretty much wraps it up. Okay. Until next week. May the odds be ever in your favor. Peace. Bye-bye.